want to get my blood tests anyhow, and we'll just see if I have to keep doing this, I'll keep doing this. Anyways, about two or three days later, had my blood test done, and then I get this call. And I, I'll never forget it. So the call was, he didn't even need to say who it was. He says, he said, you're my star patient. <laughs> I said, who is this? He goes, it's Dr. Randy. And he said, uh, he said, you know, when you told me you would get your, your act together in one month, he said, I didn't think there was a chance. He says, all your blood levels are in, are within range, like in one month. Yeah. Right. So that was, that was the kind of impetus to me to go, okay, if I can do that in one month with, with not without drastic changes, it's gotta be pretty simple. Right. Yeah. So that's, so that's when I started kind of going down my road, I'll say of, of much better health is at that point. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Eat Real to Heal podcast. I am your host, Nicolette Richet, and on today's show, we have Kevin Brady. Now, Kevin is a leader in the health and benefits field, and this is something new to our podcast because we often interview doctors and we often interview other healthcare practitioners that are designated in their field um, to, to, to really talk about and discuss disease reversal. Or we interview clients who have healed a disease, fully reversed it using food as medicine. But what I love about Kevin is he falls into all of those categories. He's a serial entrepreneur, he's a health advocate, and he works in the benefits side. And this is really important for people to understand because we live in a system of healthcare, especially in Canada, where doctors seem to be rewarded by how sick people are. So the more people are sick, the more people go see doctors and then the more prescriptions are prescribed. And then that is a cycle where um, many people are making money off of your per health. But what if we were to make money off of having good health? And this is what Kevin is trying to do in the world of insurance benefits and medical benefits. So he has vast experience, including holding a senior management position which within one of Canada's largest insurance companies, as well as starting his own employee benefits company. In addition, he saw a need to help companies and employees with health solutions and therefore founded Advoca Health. So Advoca Health is that company that it is designed to get people healthy. And then when people are healthy, insurance premiums for those companies can go down. So he's really working hard within the system and behind the system to really change it into a system of healthcare, which is why I'm so excited to have Kevin on the show. So this organization, Advoca Health, it assists, it assists companies and individuals by improving their health and providing health and wellness solutions. So as you know, many of us will go to the doctor and we'll tell them what's wrong. And in a few minutes, we get a prescription. That is not what Advoca Health is all about. In some cases, yes, you might need to know that there is a solution that comes in a prescription form, but also there's many other solutions, particularly in the lifestyle world. And what Kevin's company does is it matches you with your condition. It give, provides all the testing that you need, and then it matches you to practitioners in the field that can help you get long lasting results that include having optimal health. And so Kevin 
Kevin shares his experience in the area of health and wellness through volunteering and giving back to his community as well. He has served on many boards in the health and wellness field, including board chair for both the YMCA and his local hospital, where he is currently leading a capital campaign to raise over $60 million for the hospital. That is huge. He's also a sought after speaker and the topic of how, on the topic of how companies can improve their profits through employee health and wellness. And you know that when a company is improving their products and their profits, it's often because performance is increasing. And if performance is increasing in the company, that means your employee's health is also doing well. So it's a win-win-win all around. And back in 2007, Kevin Brady was recognized as Citizen of the Year and Philanthropist of the Year in 2010 for all of his philanthropic work that he has done in his hometown. Now, on top of that, Kevin has written a couple of books and his latest book we'll be talking about on the show. So listen up everyone, because he has many great insights and an incredible story of how he overcame his own health issues that left him in a coma in the hospital. So you're going to want to dive into this podcast because it is juicy. It is vulnerable. It really shows that we can go from having almost zero health at all to having optimal health all in the same body, all in one lifetime. So if Kevin can do it, you can do it. So stay tuned and learn how. Hi, everyone. I am Nicolette Richet, and welcome back to the Eat Real to Heal podcast on this show. Super excited to have Kevin Brady and Vanessa Solano from Advoca Health. Welcome, Kevin and Vanessa. Great. We're Thank you. grateful to be on your podcast. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on the show because I think what Advocate Health is do what Advocate Health is doing is it's it's phenomenal. It's a novel concept. It's something we've needed for a really long time. And you are doing that. But before we dive into that, um, I just really want to I just want to know how did you meet Vanessa? Because Vanessa is your marketing assistant and advocate, isn't she? Uh, yes, she is. And uh, Vanessa, I'll let her actually expand on it, but we met Vanessa was actually a student. <laughs> And uh, we hired her as a student and she impressed us so much that we had to bring her on uh, full time. Yeah. So uh, Vanessa, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself if it's okay. Absolutely, yeah. So um, last year around this time, I was a master's student uh, pursuing a degree in global health. And as part of my program, I had the opportunity to do an internship and I came across Advoca Health. Um, I'm from Oakville and that's uh, where our company is based out of um, and I just saw a great alignment and fit between the mission of the company and what I'm most interested in and love the team love the work and here we are <laughs> almost a year later and it's been wonderful yes and really excited to be here and um, joining this podcast today and kind of taking flight with our various marketing projects, most notably for Kevin's upcoming book, of course, and I can't wait for um, our audience to hear a little bit more about that today as well. So thank you. And you're on the show as well, because you are going to be launching a podcast as well that's going to be coming out consistently, and you're going to be having a lot of great guests on your show as well. Yes. That's the idea. 
<laughs> the Never Too Late to Be Healthy podcast. We have a few up so far um, with functional uh, medicine practitioners and other uh, leaders in various kind of health sectors uh, across Canada. So um, that's something Kevin and I are definitely working on bringing to the spotlight and just getting more amazing guests like yourself on there as well. So lots yeah. to look forward to. Thanks. Yeah, I know. I can't wait to be a guest on your show as well. So Vanessa, I have a question for you, just having that you did your master's um, in global health, uh, which is, you know, global health, it's, there's public health, which people often study, which often relates to the communities that they're in, but, but from a global health perspective, like what do you study in a global health master's program? Yes. Um, I often get asked that. Um, there's a diverse kind of space that you could take your education or interests in. Um, a lot of my classmates, um, for example, went on to work in things like public policy um, for NGOs, um, some field work even as well. Um, for me personally, I took a keen interest in kind of exploring the social determinants of health mm -hmm. and activity, uh, physical activity and exercise in marginalized populations. So within that kind of huge umbrella term global health that was the direction I took my studies in but global health is all around us I mean the pandemic for example every night on the news it's falls within our field and uh, yeah it definitely affects and impacts everyone and we see that this year um, more than ever I think so yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so many topics within that anybody can study, like the effects of technology on our global health as well. I mean, there's just, yeah, so many avenues. I love that you studied that. And I love that uh, Kevin was able to find you and bring you over to Advocate. That is amazing. 100%. It, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so Vanessa, I'm going to ask Kevin a question here and you can uh, test him on how well he uh, knows the key messaging and the mission of the company. So Kevin, Tell me, what is Advoca Health all about? Let our guests know all about Advoca. Yeah, so Advoca Health, uh, we link people with the very best health solutions locally, globally, internationally. Um, so, in, and just, I guess, to give you a little background on the company, I mean, I, I grew up, I'll say grew up in, in my business world, in the employee benefits world. And I found there was a real void uh, in, to help people with health issues, with, with getting them the very best health solutions. And uh, I actually was doing a lot of work, just one-offs with, with uh, individuals, employees, executives that needed health issues solved and uh, really had a tough time solving them. And I would use my kind of connections through different means, different clinics, uh, some private, some public, and help them figure it out. Um, and actually, it's uh, to, to share a story. We had one of our uh, one of my clients that was actually at our golf tournament, so we were raising money for a local hospital that we were we were building. And so we had a uh, golf charity golf tournament, and this individual bid on a comprehensive medical at the auction table. And I still see this person. In fact, I saw him two weeks ago. And, he, and whenever I see him, he says, you saved my life. I actually didn't save his life. But what happened was he ended up bidding on a comprehensive medical. 
And during that medical, they found a spot on his kidney, and, which turned out to be kidney cancer. Now, the good news is it hadn't spread to the outer layer, so it hadn't spread throughout his body. Um, so we were able to get him looked after, get that issue solved. And it was actually him that gave me the idea. He said, you know, if you could ever do what you did for me, like help, help people get through the health system quickly, efficiently, and get the best health solutions, he said, I think there'd be a real need for that. So um, we went out or I went out and did a RFP thinking that there's got to be some company in Canada that does this and there wasn't. No. So I thought, you know what, I guess we're going to be going to have to be the, the company that starts this right and to help yeah. people. So, yeah, that that's amazing. And it is true that we need that quality of healthcare in our system because this old concept of, you know, going to your GP and having them spend seven and a half minutes with you. Uh, they don't even really get into understanding any aspect of your lifestyle. It's just like, okay, so what's the problem? I have a solution. And that solution, as we know, in most cases, is often a pill. Now we do have doctors emerging where I just learned about a doctor yesterday, and I'll definitely share his name with you. He's up in Golden. And he, any patient who comes through, the first thing he says is, tell me what you eat. And he, they'll say like, no, I just want, I just want the pills. And he'd be like, I'm not giving you a pill. Like you're going to change your diet. And then if that doesn't work, I'll consider giving you a pill. And a friend of mine who just moved up there, she was telling me about him. And I was just like, oh my gosh, we need a system that supports and enables doctors to be like that. But then also knowing that the doctor's not the end all be all answer right? There's other practitioners in the field. There's other specialists. There's other qualities of tests that you can also undergo to get to the bottom of your issue much faster. And that it seems to be like what Advocate offers. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I love your comment about the preventative side, because I mean, that's, you know, we can get into my story if you want a bit later, but that's what happened to me. I mean, I went to roughly 10 years ago, went for my comprehensive medical and the doctor wanted to, I, he said I was pre-diabetic, had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and I was overweight and wanted to put me on meds. And it was just norm. And I, I kind of fought him because I said, you know, that's against my values. Yeah. And uh, he says, oh no, no, it's just aging. You know, it's normal. And he kind of went over a graph. He said, you're getting to this age. It's just kind of normal. And literally within one month, mainly what you said, uh, Nicolette, is food, mainly through food. Within one month, all my tests were back, not just normal, they were below normal, right? Wow. So it shows, you know, the body wants to heal, right? As yeah. you know, you know, exactly. the, body heal, you the know. body does want to heal. And Vanessa, are you, who would you say your audience is for Advocate Health? Is it mostly individuals, but I know you also work with corporations and what's the age group? Is it men? Is it women? Who's taking this comprehensive approach to health? Yeah, um, largely it Advocate does serve both individual and corporate clients. Um, we have a lot of executives as well who within their busy schedules, you know, finding time for themselves and their health and making it a priority isn't always easy to do. Um, so we offer services to help them, um, and particular programs that tailor more to their personal needs, as well as their employees. Um, we often get into this sort of discussion where we're only as good as our, our team and, and our employees and supporting their health is equally as important as supporting, um, 
the leader's health as well. Um, a lot of our clients, I would say largely, and Kevin, maybe um, correct me here, largely between the ages of 30 through to 60, um, working age, um, definitely. But uh, yeah, very from backgrounds as well, um, all walks of life. Um, so. Awesome. Yeah. And this is where, I mean, you hit, you can, you know, being, and that makes sense, 30 years old, right? Because you can trick life and you can get to life pretty healthy, right? And you could be 30 and then all of a sudden 30, like the clock flips over, you're heading into 31. And then this is when we see so many of those lifestyle chronic illnesses that you were, you know, really able to defeat uh, temporarily or just hold at bay, I would say. And then that's it. Like your mother nature has said, you know what? I think we're good. We've kind of, you've done, you've had your purpose. And, and so then it's just really hard to, um, you can't lead that unhealthy lifestyle anymore without actually having a lot of those symptoms. So it really does make sense. And of course, a lot of these people now have their corporate careers. And so I can see them um, definitely wanting to work with Advoca as well. And so Kevin, um, I know you were started to, I, we're going to dive into your story right now because your story is actually amazing. And I was fortunate that I got to preview your book. Um, it's never too late to be healthy, uh, reaching peak health in the middle ages. And I love the title of that book because I'm 45. So technically I'm, I guess, you know, middle age, almost middle age in another five years, I'll be middle age because I plan on making it to my hundredth birthday. Um, but I remember reading the story in your book and I want you to take us there because you were the typical North American, right? You had all of these symptoms, but you're also not typical because of the fact that you decided to really take your health into your own hands. And so I'd love you to paint that picture because I know every one of our listeners can relate to what you went through, either themselves personally or their father or their grandfather or their uncle or their brother. You have that classic North American, you know, chronic illness story. So take us back to, to what led up to that. So um, do you want me to start with my marathon story or my, uh, or my second wake up call? Cause I needed, I, we need to hear, but we need to hear I, both. Yeah. Cause I needed both. a couple of wake up calls. So I'll start just cause chronologically. Um, so I'm going to go back to May, 1999 and I was 36 years old. I was running my fifth marathon. Uh, I'd run a few out west because uh, I was living out there at the time. Uh, it was the Burlington Millennium Marathon. So I was actually raising money for a local hospital and um, did, had done all my regular training. And you know what training's about because you're going through that yourself right now. Yeah. Um, the difference this day was May uh, 30th, 1999. It turned out to be one of the hottest days of the whole summer. And um, uh, so I, I started the marathon. It was very, very warm that day. Um, but I remember running it thinking I've never been so hot in my life, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was just, you, you could feel yourself overheating. So I knew I wasn't going for a, a personal best or anything else. It was just, I just want to get this thing through. And you give me an idea out of a thousand people that started that uh, marathon, about 300 finished which is untypical right because it was so hot people just bowed out of it 
Um, so I stopped every water station and drank my water and drank my Gatorade and got doused with water and, and actually had a reasonably good race. I mean, it wasn't by no means my fastest, but I finished in about four hours. And when I finished the race, I just wasn't feeling well. And, and uh, people to this day say, well, what did you feel like? And I actually, it's the closest I felt to death. And I think hopefully that's the closest I ever feel again until until it is the end. But um, so I finished the race and I wasn't feeling well. And I went to the medical tent and the doctor took my blood pressure, took my heart rate and said, Kevin, yeah, your heart rate's a little high, your blood pressure a little high, but you just ran a marathon and, you know, go home type of thing. Um, my wife actually backed up our truck because um, our kids at the time were eight, five and two. So think of that age, right? And our, our five-year-old had a violin recital. Don't ask me what, what we had a violin for. But anyway, she was backing up the truck because I said, I don't even think I can walk to the, to the vehicle. So she backed it up. And then I just said, I'm not going. I'm not hopping in. And she kind of, Barb looked at me and said, what do you mean you're not going? I said, I, I got to stay here. I don't feel well. So I went to the, uh, I went back to the medical tent again. Our eight-year-old son, uh, who's 30 this year, stayed with me. Um, and the doctor again, kind of just brushed me off. And I re remember kind of there's this, it, it, it was this structure on the lake. And actually I just went for a walk by it last week, my wife and I, um, where they had the marathon set up and the start and the finish. And I kind of hid behind that because I didn't want anybody to know how, how ill I was. Mm. Um, and I remember my son kind of saying, are you okay, Don? Go, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Anyways, I finally went back to the medical tent and the last thing uh, I remember is uh, demanding an ambulance from the dock and then climbing in the ambulance. And that's the last thing I remember. And actually I was, uh, I was in this uh, ambulance going down the lakeshore in Burlington, Ontario towards the hospital. My wife was on the back, way back from the violin recital with our, with our son and our, our other son and our daughter, not knowing that I was in this, in the ambulance. Wow. So anyways, um, they told her they, uh, they had taken me to the hospital. She got there and all of a sudden there's a code blue. And I guess I was convulsing like no tomorrow. It took 11 people to tie me down and, and you know, to sedate me and everything else. And they didn't know what, what was the matter. They didn't know it was heart. They didn't know what it was. Um, so they did, you know, MRI, CT scans, and they found out basically I was, I literally was dying. I, I was brain, it was swelling on the uh, brain. So they sent me to a specialty hospital and I was in a coma, uh, on full life support for a week, um, less than 10% chance of living. Like they actually told my wife, Barb, that like get affairs in order because he's probably not going to make it. Um, on full res respirator, full um, machine, keeping me alive and, and breathing. And fortunately, I woke up a week later and uh, my condition was called uh, hyponitremia, mm -hmm. which is basically over, you probably know this from your training, but over, over consumption of, of uh, liquids, which uh, diluted my potassium, magnesium levels and everything else. So yeah. You know, it's one of those stories that, you know, for a long time, I just blamed the heat. You know, I thought, oh, it was just hot. But when I look back, I mean, I equated health with fitness. So all those years and all those years leading up to that, all I thought I had to do is keep fit, right? Didn't matter what I ate, what I drank, didn't matter my sleep, didn't, didn't really worry about mental health or my mindfulness. 
So I equated, I equated health to fitness. And so fit, was I fit? 100%. Was I healthy? Not a chance, yeah. right? So I, you know, years later, I look back and I just say, you know what, that, that I blamed the heat and yeah, it was a hot day, but I believe if I had had my, what I refer to as my wheels of health, which is in my book in balance, um, that wouldn't have happened when I look back. Yeah. Because, and we know this because there are populations all around the world that, you know, eat a pretty perfect diet, you know, and they don't work at it. It's just part of their traditional foods that they've always lived on, but they withstand the temperatures. They don't, they aren't on medications. Their thyroid adjusts normally their body, you know, they don't drink lots of water. Like that's the other part. Their body knows how to retain fluid and actually stay hydrated on a cellular level. They don't drink eight glasses of water a day. Um, like we're constantly doing here, but you know, we also have disrupted sodium potassium pumps. We have disrupted calcium magnesium, you know, uh, channels. And so for us, like we, you know, anybody in a Western world, like, yeah, there's definitely, I don't think many are living that healthy lifestyle that allows us to withstand these extreme events, you know, and for somebody else, like my grandmother in her African village, like she can go in the hottest day and walk two miles with a baby on her back and, you know, 10 gallons of water on her head and it's like nothing, not, not even breaking a sweat. Right. Right. But everything is in balance. And just like you said, which I do want to get into is that, that whole health, I call it the whole health wheel. Um, And I think it's great that you have a term for that. So why don't you, um, so when you came out of a coma, you know, you still are living a pretty standard American life where you think exercise is health diet's not quite there yet. So then what happened then? So, I, you know, what's interesting is again, I look back and I actually thought I was eating healthy and I thought I was doing healthy things. And that's one of the reasons I wrote wrote the book is to help people fast track to to better health. All the lessons I've slowly learned over 20 years. Um, So I actually thought I was eating healthy. And, and, you know, I think most people, if I I know, because I ask people, you know, what's your diet? Oh, I eat healthy. And meanwhile, then I see what they're eating and I'm going, you know what? I used to think that was healthy too. Like I, I literally thought every day was, you know, healthy was I needed my protein on my plate. I needed my, you know, oh, and I'm having salad with my protein and I'm having my yogurt, but it was dairy, it was milk-based yogurt. And so I actually thought for, I'm going to say another 10 years that I, as our kids were growing and I I started a new business. So the demands on that and Mm -hmm. sleep. And, but I actually, if you would ask me, I said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. But meanwhile, my weight's ballooning up and my blood pressure's going up and my cholesterol's getting high, you know, slowly but surely, right? Yeah. And And most people associate that to age. They'll be like, well, I'm just getting older. Or my dad had high cholesterol and he was overweight. So it's just genetic. A lot of people want to write that stuff off. Totally. Yeah. 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 And as you know, I mean, genetics plays such a small role in our overall health, right? And and most people think that they think, and I used to think that my dad died quite young of a massive heart attack. And I always thought, oh, it's just genetics and, Mm -hmm. and oh, high cholesterol, that's just genetics. Well, the reality is, um, and I'll share my next story, which was about 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago, I went for my comprehensive medical, which I would go to go for every year, every year, every second year. 
And I went through all the tests thinking everything was going to be great again, because of course I was still working out every day and I was eating the standard American diet, right? Having my protein at each meal. And, and when I say each meal, I mean, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? For, yeah. for the most part, right? And um, uh, so I finished, you know, I went through all the blood tests, did everything. And so when, when we finished, uh, I met with the doctor and he said to me, he started right, getting out his prescription pot and he said, I need to put you on some scripts. And I, and I, I said, for what? And he said, well, you're, you've got high blood pressure, you have high cholesterol, uh, you're, you're overweight and you're pre-diabetic. And I kind of fought him on it. I said, like, yeah, but there's got to be other things. And he, he literally took out his pad and drew, you know, drew a line and said, Kev, here's your age now, right, which is, you know, roughly 50. And he said, this is what's been happening the last few years. And if we don't put you on meds, here's where it's going. So he kind of drew it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, and so he said, I'm going to, you've got to go on meds or else it's, you know, there's nothing much we can do about it. And I said to him, I said, um, give me three months. And he said, he said, what do you mean? Give me three months. And I said, give me three months and I'll, and cause I want to see if I can do this on my own. And he kind of rolled his eyes and he said, okay, I'll give you three months. That's, a, so, that's amazing. And hold on one second. Cause I know we have to say goodbye to Vanessa cause she's got other things she needs to get to, but thanks Vanessa so much for just being part of Advocate Health and being here on today's show. Thank you so much. Thanks Vanessa. For me. Okay. Okay, we'll see. We'll see you soon, Vanessa. So Kevin, going back to, you know, just give me three months. So at this point, did you even have an idea of what you would do? Yeah, I, I, I had been, I've always been interested in health. So as I said, I thought I was actually eating healthy and doing healthy things. So I was actually in the process of just reading, reading some books on, on more of a whole food plant-based diet. And, you know, I always refer to like, you know, one of the earliest books I read on it was the China study, right. Yeah. From Colin Campbell, who was, I'm very fortunate that endorsed my book amongst others, but he, but so I was kind of going down that path. And so I just thought, you know what, I'm going to just eat super healthy for a month. And at the time I thought, when I look back, it still wasn't that healthy, yeah. but I mean, I cut out like all, you know, let's say chips and any, you know, if I had, I don't even know if I was having chocolate bars then, but I basically ate very healthy, still had like protein in my meals, but I ate clean and organic. And, and even with that, it, it was literally a month later, I called him and I said, I want to come in and get my blood tested because I was feeling better and I had lost mm -hmm. weight like very, very quickly. And I felt better and my workouts were better. Um, so anyways, he, he said, Kevin, it's, he said, you've been basically abusing your body for years. He said, the body doesn't, won't change that quickly. Like he says, it's going to take months, if not years to kind of get you back. And I said, you know what, I just want... I want to get my blood test anyhow, and we'll just see if I have to keep doing this, I'll keep doing this. Anyways, about two or three days later, I had my blood test done, and then I get this call, and I, I'll never forget it. So the call was, he didn't even say who it was, he says, he said, you're my star patient. <laughs> I said, who is this? He goes, it's Dr. Randy. And he said, uh, he said, you know, when you told me you would get your, your act together in one month, he said, I didn't think there was a chance. He says, all your blood levels are in, are within range, like in one month. 
Yeah. Right. So that was that was the kind of impetus to me to go, okay, if I can do that in one month with with not without drastic changes, it's gotta be pretty simple. Right. Yeah. So that's so that's when I started kind of going down my road, I'll say, of of much better health is at that point. And I love that you mentioned that it's gotta be simple because it is so simple. And we have made it so complicated that actually it seems that it couldn't possibly work because it's so simple. And especially because we spend billions of dollars researching how to manage cholesterol and obesity and diabetes and migraines and all the inflammatory conditions, which are all the chronic conditions are basically inflammatory conditions. All the autoimmune disorders are basically inflammatory conditions and also the imbalance of the you know, the macros to the micros and often the imbalance as well of the microbiome, but it's one complete system that's just out of balance. And bringing it back into balance, I often tell people is so simple. It's literally like seeing a patch of grass in your backyard. And you're like, oh, you know what? I had a plastic pool sitting on it. Okay, you remove the plastic pool, you allow it to have sunlight, you allow it to have some water, you allow it to have, you know, some nutrients and it grows right back and it's green. Again, it's no longer just a patch of like dirt and dry grass. And it is that simple with the human body as well, but we make it so complicated. Yeah, I love that analogy. That's a that's a great one. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that one because that is that is so true. And and you're right. I think you know what I see day in, day out is every everything is so overcomplicated. And you have, as you say, you have one thing to manage cholesterol. Well, guess what? It's a pill. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Um, you have one thing to manage blood pressure guess what? It's a pill. You have one thing to manage uh, cardiovascular disease. Guess what? It's a pill, right? And what I always say, and, and actually I, I took this from Dr. Michael Greger, um, who's one of my hero, heroes in the space, um, who, you know, I, he said in one of his books, I think it was um, How Not to Die. It was, if I could invent a pill that cured blood pressure, cancer, anti-inflammation, heart disease, and you know, I'd be a millionaire. And he said, and the pill is simple. And you know what yeah. the pill, I'll, I'll ask you, what's the pill? You can, you can tell the listeners, you know what it is? Whole no, it's diet. Oh, yeah. Whole oh yeah. No, for sure. I always go back to the, to the Jetsons when I don't know if you ever watched the Jetsons when you were younger yeah. Yeah, and, sure. you know, and George Jetson and, you know, Judy Jetson wakes up in the morning and she basically pops one pill on everybody's plate. It comes out of a machine and then Voila, it pops into a meal. And I was just like, oh my gosh, if we could just do that, that would be amazing. We'd have the cure for everything. But, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Like, we do have to grow the food, wash the food, chop the food, cook it, chew it, digest it, and, you know, and then go through pooping it out. Cause I tell you, you will poop once you switch to plant based whole food. You won't be like my clients yeah. who come to me who, you know, have a bowel movement once every six days. Yeah. And like meanwhile, now they're having three in the morning before nine o'clock. <laughs> exactly. And feeling light and amazing and not gassy and bloated and all of those things. Yeah. But it's, but it is a lifestyle change because we have grown up for the last hundred years, really just thinking that the answer was in a package that had really good marketing and, or in a pill. Yeah. Well, and you know what, the, the, the misconceptions that, you know, and you and I know this are, as we age, you know, number one, as we age, those illnesses or diseases are inevitable, which is a total myth, 
No, right? total myth, yeah. And then the second one is as we age and you have those illnesses that you cure them with a pill. And, you know, it just kills me because I'm not saying there are cases where you do need medication. So mm -hmm. don't get, I want to put that. I out. agree, 100%. Yeah. And where that's the right thing to do. But in so many cases, it can be just managed through, you know, looking after diet and, uh, and movement, I call it, instead of yeah. exercise and, you know, just healthy lifestyles, yeah. you know. And that's what we need in the medical system is more, um, we need that separation between acute care and chronic care. And you, for example, needed that acute care after that marathon right? Totally. But, you know, and absolutely, and we need it. If you break a leg, we need some acute care. If you're in a car accident, acute care. But the chronic care never, ever should it be treated first through medication unless the person doesn't have access to the knowledge. Then, of course, you need something to manage your, you know, insulin and, and, and um, glucose levels. You need something to, you know, bring down that cholesterol, of course, but it should always be in the context of, okay, you get this for a short period of time while we educate you into how to, you know, change lifestyle over. And much easier said than done. I get that for sure. But we need a much better system that's comprehensive like that. You, you remind me, you remind me of a story. So I went on this, I think I shared with you, uh, Nicolette, that uh, my wife and I went on the, a plant-based cruise last year. It was called uh, Holistic Holidays at the Sea. So, you know, all the people that you and I know in that health space are, were speaking. And, but anyways, at the end of the week, uh, I forget who was speaking, let's say Michael Greger or Colin Campbell or one of them. And a lady put up her hand and said, she brought her diabetic husband to the cruise, right? And and the whole cruise is, is plant-based, right? So the, yeah. there's nothing else to eat. I mean, that's what you eat every day. Totally. She shared that at the end, by six days, she actually had, he had to go see the doctor because his blood pressure and his sugar levels had had almost gone down too much, right? Like yeah, because he's still like, on the medication. still on the medication, like yeah. six days, six no. days. And when go. people often, like when, I, when I'm working with a client and I tell them that, I'm like, listen, we are going to have to start monitor, monitoring your meds from day one. And they're like, what do you mean day one? And I'm like, if you go a full 24 hours with eating this way, plant-based, whole food, nutrient dense, super clean, like if it could be organic, like let's get it organic. And if you do that for 24 hours, you just have to let one day go down. And I promise you, you're, you will see on your glucose monitor that your diabetes numbers are like coming down and that you don't have to use so much insulin. By day seven, you might be down like literally to almost none. But none. I usually say like on average, for the average person who's gonna kind of ease into it slowly, 30 days, they're off all their meds. And that's not me taking them off their meds. It's not them taking themselves off. It's their doctor. like adamantly saying you can't take those meds anymore because exactly like you said if you're still on the meds it'll lower those numbers to below normal that that's not safe so exactly. you can't be on the meds because you're actually back to health like it's so yeah. fast yeah and so it's fast. so quick and that's and that's one of the messages in my book is people think it takes years and it's <gasps> complex and as you know it's it's simple right it's yeah. it's pretty simple and it's and it doesn't take long you yeah know? And it can also be fun and it can be enjoyable and it can be tasty and it can be like people often think they're depriving themselves. They come into this often thinking like, oh, I won't be able to eat anything. And I'm like, well, no, you're you're going to stop eating those pretend fake things over there that are actually contributing to your health. And you can bring in like an 
abundance of the most tastiest foods where some people don't even know the difference. Like I can make them a chili or a lasagna or a whatever. Yeah. Totally. And they have no idea that yeah. it's fully plant-based whole food, like not a single refined product in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, that's what I say to people. I mean, I have vegan fudge. I have a piece or two yes. almost every night, right? And it's just, it's kind of my treat and uh, yeah, tastes amazing. It's yeah. amazing. I used to make this banana ice cream and you just take frozen bananas and put it through your juicer or your blender. And then you might like, you know, put a little bit of maple syrup and cinnamon and something in there. And I would bring that to parties as ice cream and people would be like, this is the best ice cream. Where can I buy this? And I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's frozen bananas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they go, no, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, they can't pee. I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, you can still have your cake and eat it too. So in case yeah. anybody's wondering, okay, so let's get back. I want to know what this transition looked like for you. Like, I know that your numbers come down, you're an all-star patient with, with your doctor. And then you, did you just like deep dive into this new life of yours? Yeah. So I, you know, as I said, I was reading books at the time and probably a real life changer for me. Um, first of all, we had one, um, our daughter was plant-based, right? So she hadn't eaten meat since she was seven more because she realized it was an animal. It was mm. from that more than anything. And then our son, our oldest son who played football and was an athlete and I've, and him and I compete in triathlons and he went plant-based and it was him that actually introduced me to a person we both know very well, Rich Roll. Yes. And uh, so I read Rich's book, Finding Ultra, and I started reading, as I say, Colin Campbell's book and just, you know, really educating myself. And I would say I, it wasn't for me like I just went, boom, cold turkey. So even with, and I'll give you an example. I mean, I went from eating meat three meals a day to one meal a day at dinner. And then I kind of said, oh, you know what? Now I'm going to treat meat as a, as a, as a weekend thing, like a Saturday night, I'll have a nice steak or I'll, you know, yeah. with a glass of wine or whatever. And it's, and, and part of what I talk about in my book is called baby steps, because mm -hmm. I, I believe the reason, and I know you're a believer in that as well. Oh well, yeah. I believe that, you know, the reason diets don't work is it's all or nothing, right? It's like you, you have to do this and you have to measure this and don't go off track. And then the minute somebody goes off track, guess what? They go, ah, I failed. I'm, yeah. I'm done with this diet. And, and even if they don't fail, let's say they go a month or two and they lose the, the weight. We all know what happens. It's the yo-yo effect. They, yeah. They've lost their weight and then they're back up again. Right. So yeah. Yeah, so I, I would say I did baby steps um, and to the point I went one, and using meat as an example, I used to have it weekends and then I went to eat, uh, cutting out meat entirely. I, I don't think I've had meat now in four or five years, you know, type mm -hmm. of thing. Um, and then, you know, even with dairy, I cut dairy out other than I would have a little milk in my coffee because I didn't think I could drink coffee without milk. Yeah. Um, and then I eventually went to almond milk and now I just, now I drink, I have organic, you know, I crush my own beans and organic and, you know, so, but all this is over time and, and, yeah. and baby steps. Um, so it was, and I just keep learning. I mean, that's, I said, I went to that cruise last year, my wife and I, and, you know, we're even doing things different today than we did a year ago. Yeah. I read, I read your book a couple of times, as you know, um, and you pick up different things each time and, but I would say, you know, for me, what's worked for me is two concepts. One is the baby steps. Yeah. And I know some people that won't work. Like some people say, no, I need to be an all or nothing person. And that's fine. 
right? yeah but it's about also so it's a little bit different for me there for sure if i'm just talking you know average citizen wants to know about health i'll be like hey why don't you try just like you said like what if you just went from having six chicken breasts at the table for your family of five or six to what if you shared one chicken breast? Like, what if you just tried that? And I remember suggesting that and because that's how my family did it as well. We went from, you know, the whole chicken at the table down to one chicken breast at the table shared amongst all of us to basically nobody wanting it anymore and then like eliminating it all enti entirely. So I did the same thing as you over a period of like 15 years. Um, and, but then I work with clients who, you know, they have to go in for brain surgery tomorrow, or they're going to get a leg amputated from their diabetes, or they can't get pregnant. Their reproductive system has like shut down over the last 10 years. They can't get pregnant. So for them, there's no baby steps. Like you're 39, you want to have a baby? You're going to yeah. follow my program, right? Yeah, like, you, you yeah, exactly. Right. You have a surgery coming up, you follow this program and let's see if we can reverse um, all the conditions that created, you know, this state. So in that case, so I tend to find those clients are motivated because, because now the pain of their disease and all the pain that it's causing in their life, it now surpasses everything else. So they're willing to like, say, no, no, I just give me it almost like a prescription. They're going to eat the food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They're going to, you know, support their liver. They're going to take the additional nutrients. They can't get through food. They're going to do it. But yes, a hundred percent, everybody else will see improve. Even if they cut out their dairy and meat and refined foods by 50%, their yeah. health is going to turn around. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. No, crazy. Yeah. 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 So yeah, no, I totally, I, I agree with you. And I think that point when you asked me about, you know, what did you change after you, um, after you had that, I'll call it wake up call from your doctor, that was some urgency, right? So I said, okay, I got to do things a little differently here. And, and so that was probably the, the quickest change. And, and then the other concept that I believe in is, is almost along the same lines of baby steps is I call it the 80% rule. So yeah. a lot of, a lot of, as you know, diets are, it's, you need to hundred percent adhere to it. And what I, I actually believe in, you know, anti-restriction, like, you know, eat what you're saying, like eat healthy, tasteful foods. Yeah. And, and, you know, do I, do I cheat? Yeah, I do. And, and, and do I cheat a, a lot? Like I, the reason I call it 80% rule is I, <clears throat> I always share with people, I say, you know, if you have 10 servings of food in a day and eight of them are healthy and organic and they're good for your body and two aren't and and you're not really measuring could be one or could be three but your the idea is in, i equate it to school if i got over 80 percent in my marks i i felt pretty good right oh 100 percent. and that 80 20 rule i love it um a good friend of mine julia murray who is the daughter of dave murray and you yeah. know both of them big time yeah. olympic skiers and you know she's got 80 20 um plants and and it's exactly that you know it's that for the majority of people they can easily live the 80 20 rule and they'll live a long time well into their 90s um you know but unfortunately though for a lot of people especially with the epidemic like we're in a pandemic of covid but we are actually in an epidemic of diabetes and heart disease and cancer and autoimmune disorders and you know if you are at the end of that spectrum you've lived with that disease for a long time and it's really like shaved off 10 20 30 years of your life like you know that's when the 80 10, 20 rule you don't get to live by that no, you're going to live no, by exactly. 
Yeah, but the beautiful thing though, right, is we have 350,000 edible species of plants, foods that we can eat. So it's not about restriction, it's about abundance. So allow yeah. that abundance into your world and your life and enjoy it because it's beautiful. It's so tasty. Oh yeah. So, um, and you would ask me, you know, what, what did you do after the kind of wake up call from your doctor? So, you know, the, 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 I'll say if there's one thing I did is, you know, that week or that day, I started having a breakfast shake, a full two liter shake with my Vitamix. And I still, to this day, have it every day other than the odd day on weekends i'll have some oatmeal just to change it up yeah but and i still have it every day and I actually named the shake after my dog wilson because my dog wilson a little westy poo mm -hmm. uh, lived to be 18 years old and every morning he would beg for my shake and him and what? i would have a shake every morning yeah. okay so you've got to tell me what's in the shake <laughs> So, I mean, it, it varies every day, but basically organic fruit, right? Um, and I typically, because of where I live, it's frozen, but I always yeah. buy organic. First of all, I buy organic everything I can, just, yeah. you know, and I know you're a proponent of that as much as I can, right? Sometimes yeah. you can't, but um, so organic fruit, and then I throw in some organic flax, uh, chia seeds, maybe some hemp seeds. And then I go over to my other cupboard and I put in some spirulina, some corella. Uh, maybe a little, uh, most days put some turmeric in it and then whatever's in the fridge, like, um, and generally it's produce, right? I put organic uh, spinach, organic arugula. To, today I threw some carrots in it. I kind of just open the drawers and see what produce is in. And every day it literally tastes different. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I either put some amino acids in it um, or just some plant-based protein. Uh, just to kind of sweeten it up a bit yeah um and that's it and i tell you i and i drink that every morning and and that was if there's one thing i did right after that wake up call i did that every single day and and wow. you know did, literally still do it to this and so when people say what's one thing because i always get asked this and i'm sure yeah you what's one thing i can do for my health i go if you do nothing else do that because you're going to be so full you're not going to eat till at least lunch yeah right? Exactly. And you're just flooding yourself with nutrients and minerals and all goodness that, you know, even if you don't eat another vegetable the rest of the day, you've had more than your abundance of a veg, right, for the day. Exactly. Yeah. And such a diversity too, which is so nice because that diversity is really important as well. Um, and you know what I say that it's important, even though there are communities that literally just live off yams for their whole entire life and they get all their needs met, um, you know? And so, yeah, that diversity is, is amazing. I love that. It also means that you're not being prescriptive with yourself. Like, oh, I have to follow that recipe and I can't make that recipe because I don't have the two ingredients it calls for. No, just go to your fridge and use up whatever's there. Because a lot of people will often say too, oh, but I end up having to throw away stuff when I don't use it. When you make the smoothie, like you can, it, it doesn't have to look beautiful when it goes in. Like you just throw it in so you don't have to throw it out. And, um, and it works. I love that. Um, and two liters. Yeah, well, full Vitamix, right? Like it's full. Wow. It's uh, yeah, so I, I sit and I have it. And if it, now the weather is starting to be nice in my neck of the woods, so I'll, if I can, I'll go outside and have it. And usually that's after my workout, right? I have a workout. Typically, I do my, I'll call it movement in the morning. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So before it, we dive into the other lifestyle factors, I just have to ask you so, what was your, and, and just by the way, you're still training, like you're still biking 
and running, isn't correct? Uh, yeah, I race triathlons. So I'm, I'm last year we were, unfortunately I couldn't because of COVID it was postponed. Yeah. So I'm scheduled to go to the world triathlon championships for Canada in uh, September right now. Yeah, yeah. Like that's incredible. And you're doing this on a plant-based diet, which is hundred percent. Am I, yeah. and you know, what's interesting, I kind of kept track of my times and things over the last 10 years. I'm actually fat. Like my last racing I did when I was competing before COVID, I, I was faster than I was, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. yeah uh, that's incredible. That's incredible. And so one question I have, so your wife, what was your wife doing around this time too, as you're making all of these transitions and reading all of this stuff? Like, I'm just curious what those conversations look like in your household. Yeah, so she actually helped me right at the beginning because the book I was reading, um, she was kind of at the time um, having, I'll say just, you know, hormones stuff, like what's going on type of thing, which seems to happen a lot. Um, so we both kind of, I said, we should just follow this program. Right. And, and so she actually dove right into it and, and had the morning shake with me every morning. And, um, I more just read about it, whereas she actually involved the, like people like yourself to help her get totally healthy. And I would say over the years, it's been like me, like pretty, um, baby steps, but she is predominantly, yeah, she does not eat meat. Um, she's plant-based. She used, she was having dairy for a while, cut out dairy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and yeah, so it's, and, and I think it's, you know, you reach a point and, and it's funny, your comment about middle age, when you said, oh, I'm almost at middle age or, I'm not, I, I actually looked up what's middle age and it said, it's not old and not young. So it's really whatever. So what's yeah. that? It means everything from kind of 30 to a hundred or whatever. I don't know what it means, Exactly. But, you know, but you know, we just want to both be long, living long and healthy and, and um, you know, I, I know you refer to this in your book and I'm a believer in it. It is, it's not about longevity. It's about health span. So exactly. health, you know, how long and healthy are we living? You yeah. know, yeah. And we want to live long and die short. You know, it's yeah, yeah. And we have a nation that is living short, dying long. They spend most of their life like dealing with disease, as opposed to being out there and you know just doing what you're doing, like having fun, riding bikes, running, swimming, um, and not having to worry about you know, getting a heart attack or your salt levels being all over the place or ending up in a coma and things like that. And so that hasn't happened again, just to clarify, since you had that initial, yeah, your salt levels have been amazing. Yeah, all, you know, I get my blood through Advoca, fortunately, because it's a health company. I tend to be a guinea pig with a lot of this awesome. stuff. So I, uh, I get my testing done all the time and like everything is super low, like, uh, you know, in a good way, like, you yeah. know, all my levels, all those things that were dangerous. It should be low. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are super low. And uh, yeah. And, and now if anything, I, like I never, or very rarely, I say never see a doctor. I meet with my nutritionist or dietitian or, you know, I, I more measure, especially when I'm training and racing more, it's measuring my, my uh like my my minerals and my you know my vitamin b and my vitamin d and those levels and everything else but as you say when you're eating healthy it's pretty simple yeah. oh yeah and and do you take supplements i do um yeah. you know vitamin b i i take as you know there's some supplements that you need um uh especially if you're on a plant-based diet and then i take others more to supplement my training than anything 
Yeah, no, exactly. I'm the same way as well. One of the things I hired a nutritionist out of the University of Toronto and, and it was interesting because she uh, showed me a few studies on, it's called um, red blood cell crushing syndrome. So like, because every time you're hitting the pavement with your feet and you're running, you're crushing your red blood cells. So athletes and endurance athletes, especially, um, and those who train also intensely for long periods of time need to just man, just make sure that their red blood cells are reforming quickly because they do get damaged quickly. And so, yeah, there's certain supplements that I take that because you can't get it through your food, whether you're a meat eater or not, it's like everyone talks about B12, but 85% of the population is deficient, but 98% of the population is eating meat. So it shows you that eating meat does not take care of your B12 yeah, deficiency. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people think it's just because I'm plant-based that I have to take these supplements, but no, these are the ones that really like everyone needs to be taking. Um, so I want to dive into a section of the book, which I love because it's, um, I love it because it was very validating that I also have what I call it's building your whole health team, but you have another term for it. So let's dive into that because I think it's really important that people understand this because this is truly, it's almost what advocates kind of built upon. Yeah. So you know what? It's like you talked a few minutes ago just about your, your uh, dietitian or nutritionist. Like I believe you need a full health team to look to to look at different needs, and it depends on everybody's goals. So, you know, what does that mean? It probably means you need a doctor. Um, I go to a chiropractor every week. Do I, you know, why? Because I want to keep my body. I'm training. I'm pushing. I'm, you know, I want to keep everything move, moving well. Um, a, a nutritionist, a dietitian. Um, you know, and I do have personally. I get advanced testing done. So, I mean what we talked about earlier, I don't want to just live long, I want to live long and healthy. So the last time I had my, my uh, through all these different tests through functional medicine, um, my biological age is 47. So I'm actually 12 years younger than I am uh, chronologically, right? And my goal right. is to be 20 years younger. Now it's to be 20 years younger, right? And so, are they uh, testing your, your telomeres, your telomeres? Telomeres, they're testing my arterial health. There's a bunch, there's four or five different tests that come together that mm -hmm. basically comes up with, because there's not one in particular, like some, yeah. you know, you can be arguing that your telomeres, I could take that test today and take it two weeks from now and it's going to be different as you yeah. know. Right? Yeah. Um, so it's taking these different tests, but the big one, the big, probably the one that had the most weight for me because I have heart disease in my family, which I thought yeah. was genetic, was my arterial health, right? Mm -hmm. So um, which, you know, as I said, 10 years ago, I had high cholesterol, high blood pressure. Like I was probably on the way to where my dad ended up, you know, a massive heart attack that supposedly nobody saw coming. But when you look back, you go, yeah, that was, that was on its way, unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah. So I just want to do like, you know, and you, you referred to it earlier, um, you know, people that live long and long and healthy. And I speak across Canada, like you do, or, you know, not just across Canada, internationally on, um, on health and wellness and longevity. And one of the questions I asked is, I always ask is who wants to live to be 100? Yeah. Right. And by show of hands, I usually get about two or 3%, like under 5% for sure. Because mm. people picture 100 as unhealthy. Yeah, like people picture well, I'm going to be, you know, at a hundred, I'm going to be on a, you know, in a wheelchair or in a rock, you know, in a rocking chair or whatever, like not healthy. Right. Yeah. 
And then I asked the question different. I said, how many want to, would like to live to 100 if you're vibrant and you're hiking and you're walking and you're, and you're interacting and you have a social network? Well, you know, everybody puts their hand up, right? And, you know, so I've, through Dan Bootner's book, and I've actually visited some of the um, blue zones. I mean, awesome. that is like my, my place. Like, that's how I want to be. You know, I, I visited the village in Sardinia that has the most centurions. Yeah. And, and for your listeners, centurions are defined as people that live over 100. And the blue zones have exponentially like 2000 times the centurions that the general pop, let's say the North American population has, right, as you know. And, you know, what do they do? Like, it's pretty simple. It's the stuff you and I are talking about. They eat off the land, right? They don't eat meat, or if they do, it's very limited, maybe very once a limited, week, right? Or fish, maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh, but not farm fish, right? Like, you know, out of the stream, they they move every day, right? And they aren't going to gyms, they aren't hitting treadmills, they're just moving, right? So just like very simple things that that they're doing and they're interacting, and so you know that's that's the my goal, and I think your goal and the goal of Advoca is to help our members. Um, that want to do that, duplicate that and, and exactly. live that, you know? I just, yeah, I love Dan Bootner's work. And if anybody out there just, you know, watch his TED Talk. He's got a TED Talk called Blue Zones. He's got a great book called Blue Zones, a website. I mean, everything. And if you can emulate that in your life and in your community, you know, you, you, can't, you won't be able to help but live healthy and well, like at least into your 90s as well. Like Dan Bootner does say, like, you know, to live to be 92 or 96, like you are doing very well considering that the average lifespan, you know, for what is it, a woman, I think is 76 and then man is a few years earlier than that. And, and they're not dying. Like when we talk about living to 76 and dying of a heart attack, you have not been living well. Yeah. right? Like we want you to live well. And so implement those blue zone principles. I even, when I remember when I watched that Ted talk, I was like, that's it. No more furniture. Cause one community, basically they sit on the ground. So every time they have to stand and you right. know, sit, yeah. then they're like, it's basically exercises built into the, to the architecture of their home. And I love that. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's like, you know, I think of, well, a couple stories, but one of them is, uh, you know, I know you're out West and at one of our favorite places at Whistler and yeah. Uh, three years ago, my daughter and I, we go out, we went out to Whistler and we called it training week, right? And it actually was a train, like every day we like had massive hikes and, you know, um, and we, we cycled and we ran. And so the last day of the week, after we had done this whole week of training, we had said, we're going to run up Whistler. And, but we had never run, like we ran, but we had never run up a mountain and which ended up being because of the route we took 26 kilometers up uphill basically right because you know you're going up and over oboe and flute and harmony and symphony and all that and um and so we kind of and and we every 30 minutes we had a timer and we switched the backpack and we just had some water anyways it was so we ran for like four hours it wasn't a speed thing it was just yeah. like enjoyable loving life and it was funny because we got up there and my daughter says do you think they're going to charge us to take the gondola down <laughs> And I said, Lauren, nobody, nobody, nobody actually runs up here. Okay. They aren't going to check our passes to make sure, make sure we can go down the mountain, which of course yeah. they did. But I said, we did, we made a date 
because I was 55 at the time. And I said, um, we're going to do this every year for the next 30 years, right? So, wow. um, and uh, I said, you know, at the, at the time, I'll be like 85. And, you know, you'll be like my age now type of thing or close to it. And uh, so I said, I don't can't promise you I'll run up it every year. But as long as I can, I, I'll run. And when I can't yeah. run anymore, I'll hike it, you know, whatever, we'll just keep going. Exactly. Right? It's that type of thing, right? Like you're doing this year. I mean, you're, yeah. You're, what you're taking on is humongous, you know? Yeah. And you know what? I'm a little, I'm for sure unapologetically an extremist, you know, like when, you know, you're a serial entrepreneur and I'm the same way. Like if I'm going to create something like, why not go big with it? Cause my mind just automatically says, well, if you can have one good thing, why shouldn't we have 10 green mustaches or 50 green mustaches? And, you know, so people can have access to clean, healthy food. And, and with the run and bike across Canada is, I love my work so well. So I need people to know that like I am again, unapologetically addicted to my work. I love it because I get to help people reverse disease. Like why wouldn't you want to do that all day, every day? And there's enough people out there that my, you know, agenda is very packed. And so running across the country and biking across the country, I needed something big bigger than my love for my work to get me moving. And, um, and, and of course it was to also inspire others and it's part of my PhD research and it was, I needed adventure. So it really ticks off a lot of these goals that I have. And, you know, I, before that I'd only ever run a 10 K before and my husband and I were laughing because since I've been training since July, I've run like I don't know, 50 10Ks or something, maybe a hundred. I don't even know how many 10Ks I've run in the last, you know, seven months. Um, and it doesn't matter. You know, I've never been one to say like, I want to complete a marathon. I'd watch all those other marathoners do that and be like, you guys are runners. I'm not, but I'm an adventurer. So this is really just part of an adventure. Sort of similar to you wanting to every year run Whistler Blackcomb. That does yeah. not, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's not for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love hiking, but yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, you like, yeah, yeah it's all around, I'll say longevity and adventure and it excites totally. you and it scares you. Yeah, right? it's, it's like, got to scare you a bit. Otherwise, what's the point in doing it? You know, like you, it's nice to have that because it wakes you up in the morning. Yeah. yeah and 100%. Yeah. And what, and I say this to people, like you might be listening to this listeners and audience and thank you for being here. But you know, when we talk about running or biking, it doesn't mean you have to run or bike. You can be dancing. You could be ice climbing. You could be like walking. It doesn't matter what the movement is. Just do a movement that you love. If it's salsa dancing and, you know, or whatever the Zumba, like do Zumba you know, take up ballet when you're 50, if you've always wanted to do ballet, um, you know, archery, skate, like there's so many different movement activities out there, or just build your own fence. The next time you need a fence built, build it yourself. And that'll be your exercise. Yeah. You know, it's funny because in my book, I don't, uh, nothing refers to fitness. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's move, just move. It's pretty simple, right? It's yeah. move. And, uh, you know, I remember somebody, a friend came to the cottage and well, where's the gym? And I said, well, it's out there. And he said, well, what do you mean it's out there? I said, come with me. And I said, here's what we're doing. Okay. And we did, we just did a circuit. We used wood from the wood pile to do curls. We pulled the boat, the rowboat across the lawn. You know, we, we ran up and down the hill a bunch of times. Like we basically just used what, like you don't need, everybody thinks, oh, I got to book a gym and oh, I got to do this. 
you know what just move like yeah. it's it's go for yeah. a walk as you said a walk yeah. i walked this morning i took my dog out for a walk sun was coming up taking deep breaths loved it you know yeah exactly yeah. and it is important it's important for our brain too because that's when you know we're making that dopamine and serotonin that's going to be taken up in the brain and make us feel good and yeah it's we cannot underestimate the power of movement for sure so on the mindfulness side kevin let's chat a little bit about that because we talked about food we know that it's you know a very plant strong diet even if you ease into it with baby steps movement move in the way that you love what about mindfulness how do you address that in your life so um, I'll just share a story with you because again, it was through another executive medical that I was, I was with the doc and he's just chatting away and he put this little thing on my finger and I thought it was an oxygen meter and my oxygen, you know, it's usually like 99% or something. So I kept talking and he said, how's your stress level and on a scale of one to 10? Well, of course, all of us would say, oh, three or four, we're good, right? Yeah. My stress is good. Anyways, he spun the uh, the screen around, and it was like a you know a regular graph diagram, and it was all red, like a hundred percent red, the whole thing. And he says, he said that's the brain, that's your neurons firing in your, your that's the activity going on in your brain right now, right? And it's like because like I'm I'm sure you're the same way. Our brains are like <laughs> going a thousand yeah. miles an hour. Yeah. And he said to me, and the reason I share this story, because I think it's so important. Anyways, he, he said, have you ever meditated? And I said, no. And I said, you know, I've read about it or whatever. And that's quite a few years ago. And he said, have you, have you done deep breathing? And I go, well, you know, when I was young, my mom used to tell, tell me to take some deep breaths on the way to an exam or something. And he said, would you mind if I took you through five minute breathing exercise? Five minutes. And I said, yeah, that's fine. So he said, okay, close your eyes, you know, get comfortable. And he just, he basically guided me through a five minute, just breath work, like really simple, like not rocket science. It was like, take a deep, take a deep breath, hold it. Okay. Let it out for five seconds, you know? And then, and then it was like on the in, think of peace and on the out, mm -hmm. think of love, like just, and so at the end of five minutes, he goes, okay, open your eyes. And I'm like, groggy right yeah. and I never get groggy during the middle of a day and he spun the screen around and literally within I'm going to say within one minute it had gone from red to green and it was on the low access like as low as you can go the whole way wow and, and for me that was my eye opener I for me to go okay this breath work is super super important right so, so important yeah, yeah so even even when you said that, I was like, okay, everyone who's listening, I want you to stop and start breathing. Because most people were holding our breath up here, right? In anticipation of the next thing. Yeah. Wow. And so did that, that settled it for you? Because you had that immediate feedback, that data. And did you start, you know, a consistent meditation practice? Or I, how did you? Well, you know, I, my med, well, I, I'll get to meditation in a moment. But what it really did for me is um, it showed me the importance of breathing. So I build breathing in like I do you've heard of box breathing and for your listeners that's yeah. simple it's like you can pick like five seconds and go okay i'm going to breathe in for five hold it for five exhale for five and if you do 10 of those your parasympathetic nervous system kicks in and you're like relaxed yeah. right which is your good system your relaxing system 
Um, I do another one called 478, which I've read about, which is four seconds in, seven uh, hold and eight out, right? So generally you want your, your exhale, as you would know, longer. So I just build, I just try to build it in. And if I'm feeling uptight during a day or uh, let's say before I do a talk or, you know, I really before bed, I do it and I just drift off into sleep. Like it's just, it's just, uh, it relax, totally relaxes, right? Yeah. So stops the uh, wheels from turning. Yeah, totally. So I'd say to anybody that's not doing that, please, uh, you know, it, it's in my book. I blogged on it. It's in Kevin Brady Health. .ca. There's all the techniques are in there. Awesome. Um, just breathe, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's so important. And then like mindfulness, it's, uh, it's, this is interesting because I, I've kind of over the years, I don't know why, but generally it was when I was doing fitness, all, I made up my own mantra, I'll call it. And, and I, and I do it when I'm on those kind of long, easy, let's say walks or hikes or runs generally when I'm in nature, but I also do it before bed, you know, before I go to, sorry, before I go to sleep. Right. Sometimes I do it in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's just a, a thought process process I go through. And the first is to be present, right? Mm -hmm. So it's to be present in whatever you're doing. So generally, I think the reason I like doing it outdoors is you, you see nature, you're present about your breathing, present about the sun in your face, present about nature, about birds. And actually, I just blogged on this a few weeks ago, and I had a people that sent me notes saying, I just tried that, that works, because we don't realize we aren't in the, we are not yeah. in the present. We're yeah. so busy and, you know, so that's one for me. And, and um, you know, our daughter, my daughter came up with a great saying about Wilson, actually, and she, she called it just be. And I, oh. I was saying, what do you mean just be? And she said, you know, when Wilson's in the backyard and the sun's on him and little, you know, Scottish Terrier and the air is blowing through and he's just kind of sniffing. He said, she says, that's just being like, mm -hmm. just be like, be in the moment. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of those things that, you know, there's a, I don't know what it is, this idea that you have to meditate in a certain way, or you need to get something out of it to call it successful meditation. And, and I like your daughter's, your daughter's mantra, just be, or yours, which is, you know, being present. And, you know, and it could be as simple as like, if you have a hard time getting to that place, it's, I like to just say it's, you know, a lot of times when we say meditation, turn off your senses, but no, actually, if you turn on your senses and you just try and just try and smell three different things in the air, all of a sudden it forces you to shut down everything else. And now you're just focused on smelling. And then that's when you're like, you breathe in, you're like, oh, and then you notice. And then, or if it's not that, you could just sit on a log or while you're walking, just try and hear three different sounds. Yeah, and, and it's amazing. And when you do that, you hear things like from two miles away. Oh, before you never even you're going, I've never heard that noise before. Exactly. You know? And it forces your mind to actually shut off all those thoughts like I got to pay the bill and I got to go pick up the kids. All of a sudden now you're just in tune to whatever is there in the moment. And that is enough. And you can call that meditation. It doesn't have to be like a 20 minute sit on a cushion with candles all around you. It doesn't have to be that way. It could be whatever calls to you that day. Yeah. And you know what? I'm glad you said that because I actually have tried meditation. And the reason I didn't put meditation in my book, because my form of meditation is, is my, is that. Yeah. just being 
um, and breathing, right? Like that's how I meditate, right? Yeah. Is is through that. Yeah, that's so, amazing. Yeah, so the second um, thing that I think about in my mantra, because I do this like every day is what do I appreciate and who do mm. I appreciate, you know? And every day that changes. It could be if I'm out for a walk and I go like this morning, the sun's coming up, I hear the doves, I hear the birds. I just, I'm out with my, we've got a new dog now. So I'm up with my puppy. Um, so, you know, just what do I appreciate my family, my life, my kids, my mom, my, you know, whatever you're appreciative for. And, you know, the study after study that just show the, the positive uh, mental effect on appreciation and gratitude, as you yeah. would well know. It's powerful. And I'm telling you people like, listen to what Kevin's saying. Like if you can get into that mantra of appreciation, you will, you just automatically start to treat the world differently and the world starts to treat you differently. Like yeah. your body shifts, your mind shifts, your actions, your thoughts, everything just from choosing three things that you're grateful for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Beautiful. it's funny you say three things because three things before I go to bed every night, I do this thing called a positive focus that I learned from one of my mentors, Dan Sullivan. And that is what are three positive things that happened that day that you're mm. appreciative for? Like, what are those three things? And then you think you think of three great things like this podcast today, today, I'll think that was a great podcast. And then you, you'll, you'll go to sleep. You just drift off to sleep because you're yeah. feeling in a good state, you know? Yeah, exactly. And because humans, we are programmed to remember the bad things because it's the the bad things, you know, or the things that went wrong that have the heightened emotion around it. And sometimes that heightened emotion is not as it, it's higher than, for example, the heightened emotion over, let's say, just even having a good podcast, which just feels really comfortable and good with you, Kevin. But, yeah. you know, so so when we go to bed at night, you're just like thinking about all the things that went wrong, whereas if you remember the things that went right, exactly, it's exactly that your mind turns off again. It's another form of meditation, you can call that, is just... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, three things you're great. That's amazing. Yeah. And then the third thing I think about is love. And really, that's who do I love in my life? Like who, mm -hmm. you know, and I think of my kids and I think of people like my mom and dad that are both passed away and my grandparents. And I think of, you know, I think of just, uh, you know, friends and just family and, and all the all the love that in your life. And then I also make it a point of thinking of people that are maybe fighting some health issues or emotional issues just to have them in my thoughts and I actually send them I call it positive vibes I actually send them positive okay. vibes which people think that's a little woo woo or out there but I do um, and I find that you know again just makes you feel really good and then the fourth part of my mantra um, is uh, I think of the future and how excited I am about the future right so in your case that would be your your cross candidate your trek and your you know, could yeah. be your training or your new book coming out or your new, you know, and, and I think we get so focused on the past that we don't look at the future. And, and one of the things, so my mantra on that is the future is bright, right? So mm. the future is bright. Like, and, you know, I'm finding now as I approach middle age, whatever middle age is, I find a lot of people are, are for whatever reason, they don't seem to be looking forward to the next 25 years. And I'm saying next 25 years, like you've got, you know, your health, you've got your, your financially, most people are okay. Like they should be the best years of your life. Like, you know, this should be the time to thrive and just, you know, love and excite and, you know, enjoy yeah. life. 
you know? Oh, yeah. And this is just a little bit of a perspective shift as well, because I know there's a lot of people who are definitely stressed as a result of COVID. I mean, businesses are going under and, you know, people are losing their loved ones. But it's also it's a perspective shift because put yourselves in the shoes of, you know, your great grandparents or your grandparents who probably fought in the war. They were probably going through the same thing, thinking like, it is not the time to bring children into the world. And there's no brightness in this future ahead of us. Cause you think that what is happening now is going to be that way forever. And sure. Seven, eight, nine years, you know, like COVID most likely won't be affecting us for seven, eight, nine years in this extreme extreme sense right now and so you know people have gone through terrible terrible times and they've come out of it and you know you are the result of that you and I and all of us are the result of that and so um it, it does require perspective shift as well and I tend to find when you eat good food that's clean food it also allows you to have good perspective shift because you can think clearer you don't have that brain fog um, that's weighing you down and when you practice that breathing it brings endorphins and everything to your brain it calms you down it calms that stress system down completely and so you know implementing these you know food, mindfulness, and movement more, now more than ever is really, really important. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and, and it increases your white blood cell count to fight off any illness or disease, you know, exactly. inflammation or anything. Yeah, no, I totally, it's, it's, but it's, again, it's not rocket science. And that's what mm -hmm. I really tried to depict, hopefully in my book is just how simple it really is. You know, it's and not, what's, uh, What's powerful about your book too, though, is that you incorporate these beautiful stories from your life, which is what is incredible because everybody can relate to those, you know? And so whether it's you saying that food, sleep, mindfulness, and movement is important, or whether it's Dan Bootner saying it, they all have different perspectives and ways of saying it. And as we all know this, we have to hear it a hundred times before we're actually going to do it. And so yeah, yeah. we have to have everybody talking about this and writing about it from their personal perspective, because it is the narrative. It's the story that's going to move us to action to implement these things. Um, so I think it's, I just love that you took the time to do that. Cause I think there's so many people who have amazing stories, but they think like, oh, I'm not a writer and I shouldn't, you know, other people have already said that. And yeah. it doesn't matter if somebody else has already said it. They've never said it your way with your personal stories behind it. So yeah, that's a great, that's great. So thank you for that. And I think I told you, I read your book and then I read, my wife actually brought, bought your book. I read it and then I read it again. <laughs> I go, this is like too good. She goes, you're reading it again. I go, yeah, I did. I want to make sure I got everything out of it. <laughs> Which I just think is so funny because your book really is described. I mean, mine is, has a few other things in there for like, you know, disease reversal when we need to really get in it there and do that. But I mean, it, it, it's the same principles, right? And again, just from a different perspective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very sure. similar. No, I appreciate that. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, so sleep, we have to touch on sleep for sure, because that's an important part of your book and a very important part of staying healthy. Yeah, so sleep. Um, so I, as you know, I write a health blog. My most viewed blogs without fail are on when I write about sleep. And I can write the same thing, but a different way. And, and all of a sudden, it's like off the charts, right? So <laughs> I saw a stat that said, you know, 82% of the population have trouble sleeping, either getting to sleep or staying asleep, or they wake up early and can't get back to sleep, right? And I used to be one of those people, right? And 
I think through all the other things we're talking about um, has helped my sleep, but there's been things that I've had to do to sleep better. Um, and, and again, very simple things like I have a nighttime routine. And if I follow that routine, I sleep like a baby, right? If I do my, and, and you know, a couple real simple ones, especially during COVID, I found this is because you and I and the rest of the world are doing a lot of things virtually, even our social is virtual on screens, yeah. right? Um, I was finding I, I, I was working and then I'd, at night I'd do, I'd even do, um, let's say my blog or personal stuff, not necessarily work stuff, but I still have my computer out. And you're, my, I think my brain was interpreting that as still working, right? So I made a rule very early into COVID, probably about a year ago and a bit, um, where I just said at night, I'm like, I'm in my office now. I shut my screen. I leave the office. I actually take my phone, which is off now, but I put it at the front door to charge. And that's it. Like, I don't, I'm not doing very rare. Where, I, where I'm pulling my computer out in the evening, right? Yeah. Because, and that one thing alone, like people say to me, what's one thing I should do to sleep better? I go, shut your screens down at night. And I yeah. go, really? And I go, just try it. A week from now, you'll call me and tell me that's the best advice I've ever got. Yeah. Right? Just that yeah. one thing. Like, it's so simple. So, right? so just if you, you do it 45 minutes to an hour before bed, like you give your brain enough time to settle and interpret that, there's another transition that's about to happen because we do need to slowly transition in from one state to the next state. And, and yeah, the screens, those devices and the, and the blue light and everything, it's important to shut that off. Yeah. So, and our Wi-Fi, like I have it on a timer, so it shuts off every night, like, you know, because otherwise Wi-Fi signals are going yeah. through your house all night and that, you know, the yeah. EMF and everything else. And, um, and I just have a routine I do, you know, most nights, again, I shut down screens and then I have my nighty night tea and then I always read in bed, uh, yeah. before bed and then I do my mantra and then I, I drift off to sleep before I even know it. That's you amazing. Know, yeah. yeah and, so it's a bit, and sorry, I just to back up, I, the reason I call them wheels of health is because they all have to be in balance. And I know you yeah. believe this, yeah. right. And think of a car. If one wheel is off balance, it could be a Ferrari, but that you're not driving that thing very fast, right? Because mm -hmm. one wheel, or think of a wheel on a car with, you know, you've just had a flat and it's got a donut on it, right? And, and you know, to use the example of sleep, if people out of, and I'll just use, you know, why it's so important to have the wheels balanced is you, if you have a bad sleep, let's say, then you're probably not going to work out the next day because you don't feel well. You're probably going to have too much coffee. You're probably going to eat foods that aren't healthy, right? And and so one, it's just one wheel can affect all the other wheels, right? So we have an exercise in the book where you actually rank yourself on where you are on each of the wheels on a scale of one to five. And ideally you want them all balanced, yeah. right? Yeah, no, exactly. Because some people are like, oh, I sleep 12 hours a night or 10 hours a night or whatever it is. Um, and that's amazing. It might even be a little too much sleep, actually. Um, you're off the charts that way. But then, you know, your diet and your movement is, you know, and that's where I was. I ate really well. So I would have given myself a five out of five. I slept really well, five out of five. And wow. my movement was a zero out of five. Like I was walking 1200 steps a day. That is nothing. And you know, so that was 
off the charts on the other side, but thank God I had the healthy diet and the healthy sleep because that's probably what allowed me, like it bought me time. Um, but then now to add the movement in there, it's like, oh my God, life is like a, it's like a party every day. This is awesome. So you, you could be living the same way, you know, but it, it does require having that balance for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and I would say, Jerry, through your movement you're doing now, you're also being very mindful when you do that. And you're living in the moment and you're doing, yeah. you know, you're in the present, like all those things that we talked about, right? Totally. And I have to actually sort of to dial up the mindfulness even a little bit more because I'm so revved up from, you know, good food and good sleep and good movement that I just want to go, go, go all the time. And so now actually I realize like, oh, right. So at night I meditate, I, I follow different apps and different people who have like 10 day programs or 21 day programs. And, and, you know, I definitely, the breathing is really important. Another mindfulness technique I use is just at the end of the night, cause I have so many ideas going through my head from training when you're training and being so present, it's just like all the ideas start flooding in. So I dump them down on paper. So it's just, I, I just write and I, any thought that comes into my brain goes down on a piece of paper, any crazy idea goes down on a piece of paper. So that way, when I go to sleep, I don't have to problem solve anything. It's all in my paper, safekeeping for tomorrow when I can look at it. So just another good thing when your mind's turning a lot for sure. That's, that's yeah. And, um, couple of points on that is I do a similar thing. I have a thing called new thoughts and ideas and any crazy idea or thought that comes into my mind, same thing. I just, I make sure I get it down. Yeah. Um, what's funny is I, I sometimes go back. I started doing it like in 2013 and, you know, very early on, it was write a book, right? Write a book yeah. on help to help people. Like it's amazing how many of those things actually come true that you kind of yeah. thought at the time was some crazy idea. <laughs> totally. And I did the same thing. I create a vision chart every single year. And so I find all the images that I want online and I put them onto a grid and I print it out and it lives in my bedroom. And, wow. um, and I've been doing it for 20 something years. And, but I had, like, if you look at one that I wrote five or six years, or I made five or six years ago, it said, publish a book. And I absolutely had zero idea on what I wanted to write a book about. Was it going to be on yoga? Was it going to be on breath work? Was it going to be on starting a business? I had no idea. Um, and then it was interesting because that next year I published a book. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. yeah, yeah, for sure. And the other thing that interests me is because you, I know your person, I think I know your personality, but it's go, 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 go. Um, is how well you sleep. So I would say those other wheels are really well balanced yeah, because yeah. if they weren't, you wouldn't be sleeping well. Yeah. Right. So your other, what I call the wheels of health are very well balanced because, and that the result is you're getting great sleeps. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. And sleep is one of those things we cannot take that for granted because that's when your body repairs itself. And now, I mean, I've always appreciated a good sleep. I could you know, I'm a good sleeper. Um, but, and I've gone through times when I couldn't sleep when my health wasn't good. And I know what that is like. And that's usually, I didn't resort to the sleeping pills, um, but I could see how others in my same situation would have. And instead I took another route where I almost did, you know, went back to my wheel of health and looked to see what was not in balance. And there were a lot of things not in balance there. And so what, after fixing that, then all of a sudden the sleep returned, but now more than ever being an athlete an endurance athlete, like you, your body regenerates and recuperates only when you're sleeping. Totally. So it's so yeah. important 
to get that sleep in because otherwise I can't, there's no way I could get up and go for another like 15 K run and hundred K cycle or something like that. Well, yeah. And people, I'm sure you get what I get is people go, how do you go all day, you know, with your companies and go hard. And then you, and then you get up and you go for, you know, you're up before anybody else is up doing your runs or your rides and, and people go, well, how do you do that? Well, probably because the other wheels are in pretty good balance. Yeah. 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 And and this is available. What you wrote in your book is available to everyone. It's not special people who are going to, you know, get the results. It's not people with good genes, like we talked about earlier, that are going to get the results. Literally, if you put into practice what Kevin writes in his book, put it into practice, you are going to see results because the body is designed to heal. And what Kevin, you know, what you share with everybody, Kevin, is it's really about removing the blockages to that optimal healing that just naturally occurs in every single human on the planet. So if you are human and you can put your hand up to that, then you will get these results that Kevin is talking about. And, and not a lot of books can claim that, right? You know, like, thank you. Yeah. So that's what I really, really just appreciate. This is for every person and you don't have to wait till your middle age. So please don't let that deter you from buying this book. You want to implement this now so that you can reach middle age in like an optimal form. Yeah. hundred percent. Thank you. So Kevin, we have covered um, so much about your book and I know people are going to want to run out there and get it. So where can they buy your book now? Cause it just came out. Yeah, so um, the best thing to do, they, uh, they can go on uh, our company website, which is Advica Health, A-D-V-I-C-A, Advica Health. Uh, they can uh, go on my kevinbradyhealth.ca blog uh, to get it. Um, or the easiest way is it's, it's listed on Amazon as well. So you can just uh, Google the title. It's never too late to be healthy. And uh, that's what it looks like if it comes up and you can order it. Yeah. And it just came out, I think, uh, as of yesterday, you could actually order it online. So it's hot off the press. Yeah. Amazing. Go in there and leave a review for the book as well. That's always really great for, um, for the authors out there that put that good work into their books. And then what if a company wants to work with you and sign up? What does that look like with Advoca Health? Yeah, so um, again, companies or individuals, uh, you can just reach out to us at Advoca Health, info at advocahealth.com, um, which again is our website, but we work with, you know, we work with everyone. We work with individuals, we work with employee groups, we work with corporations um, with really the goal of helping people get the very best health outcomes. Um, everything from, I just need help with nutrition to I need a prescription to, um, I just want the best health outcome, no matter what it is, we will help people navigate through the system and get the very best health solutions. That is incredible. And you help people all over the world or just in Canada? Uh, right now we're focused in Canada, but we okay. do, we, we operate worldwide. So we have clients that are, that are, you know, international, um, but right now we're mainly marketing in Canada. Okay. That's incredible. Thank you for doing this important work in the world because it is part of uh, healing our sick care system that we're currently in and shifting it to truly a healthcare system, which is what everybody needs access to. So thank you, Kevin, for, uh, yeah, just, just making Advocate Health a reality and bringing your book to uh, the bookshelves of everybody that we know. 
Awesome. And thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to have interview you and have you on our podcast. So. Oh, yeah. No, that's going to be fun for sure. I can definitely tell you all about the ups and downs of training for this tour across Canada. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes. Thanks, Kevin. And we right. will have you on the show again. Definitely awesome. lots of things that I want to cover. Awesome. Be healthy. Thanks, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that show with Kevin Brady. Please be sure to go out there and get a copy of his book. All the information is in the show notes below. You definitely want to get that book. Read it from start to end. It is an easy book to read. It's what I love about authors like Kevin is that, you know, they take the information and they just pack it full of dense content that is easy to read, it's short, it's sweet, it gives you, you don't need to go anywhere else. You just need to apply what he says in the book and you too can be living a lifestyle of pure, beautiful, optimal health, lots of energy. And really just so you can go out there and live out your true potential, who you were designed to be. So allow that to happen. Get out of your own way go and order the book on Amazon. It'll be at your doorstep in just a couple of days and you can start taking your health back, reclaiming your life so you can live the longest, healthiest life possible. It's what I wish for you and all of our listeners here at the E-Real to Heal podcast. And don't forget to head over to 22 Million Strong Training Team on Facebook so you can follow my training journey as I prepare to run and cycle across Canada. If you want to know how you can be involved, please head over to 22millionstrong.ca, our website, and click on the link that shows you all the ways that you can volunteer, be part of the movement, be part of the research. You can sign up to host an event in your community. And when I run and bike through your community, I'll stop along the way to say hi and gather all the insights from you that you're willing to share about accessing clean, real food in your community. Thanks everyone for being here with us. We'll see you next week on the Eat Real to Heal podcast. Bye for now. Bye.